This is the Oanda Podcast. You're listening to the Oanda Market Insights Podcast, talking to Oanda senior market analysts across the world. And today we're joined by Ed Moyer in New York. Ed, how are you doing? I'll be honest, I'm a little exhausted. This has been quite the week. And guess what? There's going to be drama even going into the weekend. So I think uh, a lot to recap and uh, to look forward to. Where you are, there's still a few hours to go. Fortunately, I'm at the end almost of the working week. Let's start with earnings where you are. And I know that stocks have risen today. That partially due to Goldman Sachs capping a strong earnings season for big banks, while a surprise rise in retail sales raised optimism about economic recovery. And it wasn't quite the same picture earlier on in the week, was it? Very much so. And I think for for me, when you take a look at standout earnings results, uh, Goldman Sachs, it it looks like they're the king of Wall Street. Uh, they, They surpassed Morgan Stanley in uh, equity trading revenue. That is a, a pretty big deal. But when you take a look at how the the business has evolved there, uh, trading business, 23% jump, investment banking division had an 88% surge from last year. Uh, the, the overall uh, revenue already uh, surpassed last year's results. And I, I think you're, you're seeing that, uh, you know, Goldman Sachs is getting everything right. <laughs> uh, and and uh, they have a strong loan growth outlook for 2022 and uh, you're, you're seeing that a lot of people they really are starting to anticipate that okay you know it used to be jp morgan was you know the the king and, and now it looks like you're you're starting to see jp morgan struggle on the loan growth outlook um they're they're, they're they've also you know had a, a little bit of a difficulty with a higher expenses next year and, and they've been really uh, uh struggling with their wage increases while when you take a look at some of the other banks they they've really uh haven't really been i think that impacted uh to to those uh themes so so i think right now you're you're, you're seeing uh the 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 banking outlook uh, for the most part um, has been uh, pretty pretty optimistic i think that you know you're you're probably going to have um, i think uh, optimism that you know the consumer is still going to be very strong uh, going into the holiday season and uh, i think that's why you're you're still seeing uh, stock markets they're they're rising uh, this has been a very good start uh, you have a strong consumer that is 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 looking to uh, withstand uh, the, the the brewing inflationary pressures that's that's happening right now but don't you think that those earnings results are already a little bit out of date because the volatility that we've seen in recent weeks the concerns further concerns about inflation and the energy crisis that we've had particularly here in the uk but the rest of the world as well haven't really been factored into those results yet well, I, I think that you're, you're still going to see uh, trading volumes remain elevated. We've seen a pickup in trading uh, volatility here. Um, and, and while I, I think the, the focus you know, going forward is going to be on uh, loan growth, I think that is where you're going to see how uh, the U.S. economy is going to benefit from uh, this next round of uh, infrastructure spending and uh, new initiatives. I, I think a lot of people are are not realizing that the push into renewables is going to see massive investment this is really going to spur uh i I think a a lot of opportunities in the private sector and 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 there's 
I think, a, a, a tremendous amount of reasons to be optimistic that there is still a large amount of support being put into the economy. A lot of the delays that we've seen from uh, Washington, D.C. and getting things done will really just point to a stronger outlook for 2022. And uh, I think you're, 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 you're still looking at uh, a financials that will ultimately benefit from a uh, steepening of the yield curve. And, and, and right now you're 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 seeing um, there, there's uh, some concerns for stagflation, but I, th- I think those will probably go away once we continue to see a stronger economic outlook. And, and, and with that, you should see Treasury yields uh, on the longer end of the curve rise. And, and that's that's just good news for the banks. I didn't expect to find you in such optimistic and positive mood today, uh, Ed. So I'm encouraged by that. Well, I, I think I think that you know there are brewing short-term risks. I think that you're you're seeing though that there's there's going to be um, I think for the next you know couple quarters just a, a primary focus on inflation, and uh, I think that a lot of people got inflation wrong. Um, I think uh, I was probably uh, in the transitory camp a lot longer than I would like to say <laughs> I was, but you're, 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 you're going to start to see, I think these supply chain issues ease in probably two quarters. Uh, but because the economy is still strong, still, um, benefiting from the reopening, uh, I think you're, 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 you're going to see strong consumer behavior uh, heading into holiday season. And I think that will bridge the gap before we really start to see uh, a return to normal for manufacturers. And, and uh, there, there, there's probably going to be some pricing pressures that uh, remain. But I think in the end, there is still optimism that uh, you're, you're going to see the chip shortage um, really uh, uh, alleviate in the middle of next year. And, and I think if you're seeing the U.S. economy grow at 4% or even if it gets cut to 35 that's still well above, you know, the the two percent, you know, average we saw during you know the longest expansion in U.S. economic history. So I think there's strong reasons to be optimistic for 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 equities, and and I think that you're you're still seeing there is pent up demand. The labor market recovery is it, it's not happening as fast as the Fed would like, but I think it is it is still happening. There's still over 10 million jobs available. There's still uh, a lot of Americans that are now in a better position to return to the workforce because of uh, vaccines, because of a successful reopening of schools. So I think you're gonna, you're, you're probably gonna see, um, you know, labor market hiring continue to improve going into uh, next year. And, and uh, I think there's, it's gonna be a bumpy ride because of the risks. I think, uh, but you know, a lot of these risks, it, it seems that there are. Um, limited fears that it will be sustained um, with the exception of the energy crisis that's the one of the big wild cards out there okay you talk about the energy crisis and today we've seen uk natural gas go down quite substantially five percent but oil continues to rise yes and, and i think you know europeans gas uh problem uh, is you know looking like well maybe things aren't as bad because russia um uh, has now um, said that they're they're gonna provide um, some added volumes here and helping uh, ease uh, that, that burden for Europe. But but I, I think right now you're you're gonna see that you know the supply crunch this winter is going to be uh, what everyone is focused on. And Russia knows that they want 
to get Nord Stream 2 um, completely wrapped up. And they, 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 they know that Europe is extremely vulnerable right now. So I think you're going to see this is going to play into their hands. And uh, right now, there is some concern that, you know, we could have a colder winter. Uh, La Nina in, in the U.S. Is, uh, has been, you know, heavily talked about. And you're looking at a colder, wetter uh, uh, winter. And uh, there, there is that fear that continued pressure on the energy uh, grid is, is is likely to remain so I think you're 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 dealing with a commodity uh, cycle here that uh, it's just continuing to um, support higher prices I think that um, you, you you're, you're probably going to see that um, there's there's been a reduction in output uh, for uh, aluminum for steel for zinc and a lot of that is because these energy costs are already too high. Uh, so you're going to see that's going to keep those commodities going higher. Uh, crude, crude, uh, crude prices are going to likely remain elevated because OPEC Plus is not blinking. They're not they're not bending the knee. They they're going to stay with their gradual output increase. Uh, they're they're fearful if they ramp up output, and then if uh, you know energy demand normalizes a little bit quicker, you're you're going to see oil prices fall a lot harder. So they rather just tolerate elevated prices uh, and uh, added revenues in, in the short term. And uh, I, I think that you're, you're going to see that uh, the energy market mistimed uh, the transition into renewables. And uh, you're going to see that uh, dirty energy is, is, uh, is going to probably stick around a lot longer than uh, what many people are, are anticipating. And uh, right now we're, 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 we're still seeing, uh, you know, a, very severe oil market deficit that likely could widen and uh you know prices are are likely to uh, react heavily to um i think the the, the weather outlook over uh, you know the, these next few months and and right now uh traders they're, they're bracing for possibly 90 dollar oil 100 dollar oil has been you know constantly thrown out and uh i think you should not be surprised if uh um you start to see um just the inflationary story see traders just hop on this commodity cycle right now and uh, even send these prices higher let's talk about bitcoin and well bitcoin etfs are uh, almost with us it has been almost a decade in the making i think 2013 was when the 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 uh, famous Winklevoss twins tried to to get uh, their ETF pushed through, but uh, no, uh, I, I think there is so much excitement brewing. Last night, the SEC even sent out the tweet that uh, everyone was uh, just uh, buzzing over, and and I think you know the SEC is now in a position where they know that two ETFs have uh, you know base their contracts under uh, mutual fund rules, which is what uh, SEC Gensler has been saying uh, he wants to see. And, and I think that now um, you're, you're, you're going to probably see that uh, uh, the SEC, you know, the, the, the tweet last night was that they were warning people that before investing in a fund that holds Bitcoin futures contracts, you need to be careful of the, the risks involved. Uh, the SEC is is poised to uh, potentially announce on Monday that the the ProShares ETF is going to get the approval. And and why this is important is because the whole cryptoverse is waiting for you know the next wave of 
Bitcoin uh, supporters to, to come into the place. And ETFs uh, provide an avenue for, for many on uh, Wall Street that um, they will feel more comfortable um, than trading the futures or actually going on to one of those crypto exchanges. So this is a big story. There's several ETFs that are being contemplated by the SEC. I think only uh, ProShares and Invesco um, are the ones that are most likely to get approved. Uh, and uh, there's a, a, a handful of others that um, will pr- I think will, will, will have their decisions delayed. Um, but um, if, if you have four approvals next week, then uh, you're, you're probably talking a move um, breaking above the the record high of 64,869. So I think you're you're seeing a lot of traders they're they're excited about this. Um, some are some uh, are also nervous that you could see uh, uh, a massive uh, you know wave of profit taking kind of a you know buy the rumor sell the news type reaction. So um, there's there's going to be enhanced volatility um, over these next several days. And uh, I think, though, overall, though, for the space, this is great news that you're going to have another uh, vehicle to trade Bitcoin. And uh, this could really open the door for many uh, new investors. So uh, quite the buzz. And uh, I think that um, in the end, this is long term positive. And uh, I think that you're you're you're, you're going to be hearing a lot more people talk about possibly hundred thousand dollar Bitcoin if you have a couple successful ETFs um, launched next week. Wow. Amazing. Okay, Ed, before we let you go, let's have a look ahead to the next uh, seven days or so. And what are the highlights uh, that we should look out for? I I think next week um, is there's a a few things you have to look out for. But for for, for me, what I'll be fixated on is is going to be earnings week Um, because we had the banks. uh, Next week, though, we'll we'll hear from... uh, some key tech companies, uh, Intel, Netflix report. Um, we'll hear from the airlines, um, uh, United and Southwest. Um, also, Honeywell, very uh, um, one of my, my favorite earnings to cover. And also, even like Chipotle. Uh, you know, you're going to hear about more about food pricing pressures, and uh, you're, you're probably going to see. in uh, Procter and Gamble is the, the the last one. So I think there's a a big focus on inflation. And if the consensus is is that um, the, these pricing pressures are going to um, really hurt the consumer um, next qu- this quarter, um, you know that 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 eventually will have to start to weigh on the outlook. So um, that will be um, um, one of the, the key focal points for me. Uh, I will say there is a few important rate decisions next week, um, and and uh, there's. There's tightening happening. Um, you know, the the uh, while the Fed is uh, looking to possibly raise rates in September of next year, and the BOE is looking at December this year. You know, Hungary they're expected to to continue raising rates. They have a potential hike on Tuesday. Um, we also have uh, the Turkish Central Bank, which, despite you know all the inflationary pressures, uh, the president. Uh, President Erdogan has been pressuring the central bank to cut rates and uh, it's kind of forget 
monetary policy and economics and traditional central bank behaviors. Erdogan wants rate cuts. He's going to get them. Otherwise, uh, he'll he'll make more replacements like he did um, uh, last week. Um, so, so I think you're going to see uh, Turkey is going to cut rates again. And uh, this is why we're seeing Lira continuing to hit fresh record lows. Um, you know, I a year ago, I was talking about the nine handle. It took a lot longer than I anticipated, but now, um, you know, if if this uh, complete uh, disregard of inflation happens, uh, you know, you can't be surprised if we start to to make a move towards nine five and possibly ten. Uh, so that's a. Uh, uh, Turkish central bank uh, decisions on Thursday. Uh, Friday, you get the Russian central bank. They're expected to raise uh, another raise, 25 basis points to 7%. So th- those are some of the key data points uh, of rate decisions we have. Uh, the main event on economic data, however, will be China. Uh, third quarter GDP is is uh, expected to um, uh, soften. And uh, we'll also have retail sales, which should improve slightly. And uh, industrial production will um, um um, edge lower as well. So quite a lot to stay on top of. Uh, and then also to, you know, as we mentioned earlier, the, the Bitcoin ETF decision on Monday for uh, ProShares and Vesco's on Tuesday. And then we should hear from some other ones later that week. Okay. Very thorough review of the next week. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Ed, and have a great weekend. Thank you. Looking forward to it. And I hope you have a good one too. This is the Oanda Podcast.